Today's scripture reading is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Good morning. Is it just me or did everyone sit over here? I'm like, I'm tip, I'm like, I got up here and I'm starting to lean over, so... Welcome to worship. I'm Pastor Tim, if we haven't met. So glad you're here today. Uh, as Pastor Tammy said, we're bookending the fourth, so uh, so glad that you uh, carved out some time uh, to be here with us this morning. Uh, starting a series, I'm super excited about uh, most quoted Bible verses not in the Bible. You know, people often mean well, and when they mean well, they, they use their understanding of Scripture, and when they use their understanding of Scripture, they sometimes say verses to people that really aren't in there anywhere. And so we have a five-part series where we're going to take one of those verses every week that aren't in the Bible. We do this in our own lives. We do this in other areas of life. I've personally done it by butchering song lyrics over my entire life. Has anyone else got a song lyric wrong ever? Okay, Toto 4, the song Africa. Okay, the Toto 4 album. Going to take... It's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. And the next line is, I thought it was, I miss the rains down in Africa, right? It's not. I just found out two weeks ago I've been living a lie my whole life. It's, I bless the rains down in Africa. Did anyone think it was, I miss the rains? Just, okay, so... All right, you learned something today in church. That's great. Someone learned some. So now at least one takeaway is I found out something from a lyric. But I thought it was I missed the rains down in Africa. And quite honestly, I like my lyric better. Makes more sense. Who blesses the rain? I bless the rain. That doesn't make sense. But you can miss the rain, right? Anyway, let's move on. My brother Dave had a single by Dobie Gray. Um... Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in the rock and roll and twist away. That one, okay? I thought the lyric was, as I listened to his record, Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. And if you listen to it, go to YouTube later. You're going to turn, you're going to listen to it. You're going to hear a Beach Boy. Give me the Beach Boys and free, Beach Boys. And I thought we'd just all have fun, fun, fun until Daddy took our surfboard away because I thought, 
that would free our soul if we could have the Beach Boys. I really did. And then I Googled another one to see if there were, you know, what are other people? Because I know I've messed up and butchered song lyrics. What do other people do? One that's all over Google is from this next uh, performer, Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. We didn't start the fire. It's been always turning since the world's been, or it's always burning since the world's been turning. People think it was this. We didn't start the fire. It was always burning, said the worst attorney. And people, that's one of the, one of the ones people thought that was the lyric. We do this, um, how about the Bible? We do this. Sometimes we miss a word, we leave out a word, we change a word that changes the whole meaning of the verse. And this series is going to look at some of these. Here's one of them. Money is the root of all evil. Who's heard that? All right? Right? Now, there's something very close to that in the Bible, but it's missing a really important piece. And we're going to talk about that next weekend, so I hope you can come back. We're going to find out what what really is. But money is the root of all evil. Not in the Bible. Next. This too shall pass. Mike Ditka. When the Bears did not renew his contract. That's how Bears fans say he didn't get fired. He said, Scripture says, this too shall pass. Coach, that's not in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. So what does it say? We'll find out two weeks from now. Next. Cleanliness is next to godliness. How many of you have heard that? How many of you have heard that phrase? How many of you, and you don't have to keep raising your hand, but how many of you thought that, was, that must be from the Bible? Cleanliness is next to godliness. We had a mom or a grandma or someone. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Clean your room. Clean, wash your hands before, you know, the Bible says cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. So where did it come from? We'll figure that out three weeks from now. And then the last part of the series is going to be one of my personal unfavorites. I just made up a word. God won't give you more than you can handle. And people say this all the time. And, they, and they, it's close to something in the Bible. It's close to a scripture, but it's totally changing, totally changing what this means. And God won't give you more than you can handle. Not in the Bible. Not in the Bible. And I bet we've all said it to somebody at some time when they're going through a rough, a rough stretch. You know, God won't give you more than you can handle. You know, when someone said that to me once and I was in a, a tough, I was like, yeah, he has. Yeah, he has. I'm sorry. I know you tried to help me, but yeah, I mean, I have more than I can handle right now. So we'll talk about that in five weeks. Here's today's, and it's been on the bulletin on the screen, so it's no surprise. God helps those who help themselves. Who's heard that phrase before? Okay, not in the Bible. Nowhere. Nowhere. Where did it come from? Well, the person who first kind of got it on the map, literally inked to paper, was Benjamin Franklin. In Poor Richard's Almanac, which he wrote under the, the name Poor Richard, Richard Saunders, 1757 edition of that almanac, he was quoting a British politician that he knew, and the phrase was, God helps them that help themselves. And he put it in the almanac, and ever since 1757, people grabbed onto that, you know, all the fun sayings in there, and 
for some reason, it's become thought of as a Bible verse. But it's not. And it's not only not a Bible verse, not in the Bible, it's a, it's a sort of an idea or an ideology that's not even anywhere in the Bible. Now, I need to hit the pause button right now, and I want you to make sure you hear this today. I want to tell you what the sermon for the rest of it is not going to be. This is not a sermon that says you're not supposed to become your best self. You're not supposed to, to live out your dreams. You're not supposed to expand your mind. You're not supposed to work hard and help yourself and do things that are important. I mean, that's not what this sermon is. So please hear me as I, as I throw out that waiver right now. This is not the message. But when it comes to matters of faith, when it comes to the lives we live, when it comes to sorting out our relationship with God and, and, and our faith lives, nothing could be further from the truth in, Bible, in the Bible from God helps those who help themselves. Let's figure that out together. If you have a Bible with you, jump with me to Psalm 121. It's in the right, usually smack dab in the middle of your Bible, Psalms. And uh, Psalm 121 says this. And as you're turning there, let's, let's, let's pause for a second. I want to set the stage for you about a young pastor who was just ordained out of seminary. He is in his first country uh, rural parish. He's driving down uh, County Road MM. He's looking for Lila's uh, small, humble home back in the woods up the dirt winding road through the, through the beautiful trees. And he's thinking to himself, I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, this Lila was someone um, pastors would, would, would call homebound, uh, someone who w- wasn't getting out, wasn't able to get out. Um, she had lost her sight. Um, she was barely able to get around and in her own home. And, and I was going there, and it was me. And I was thinking, oh no, what am I going to say? I, I've never done this before. Oh, help me, Lord, help me. And I, I got in, and she welcomed me like one of her favorite relatives. And we sat down, and it had to be in the 90s that day. And she had made coffee, of course, because that's what you know, Lutherans do. They drink hot coffee in the middle of the day when it's 95. And, and she served it on this fine china and, and you know, barely able to see. And, and we sat in her kitchen and, and we talked for a while about her life. And then I said, you know, Lila, I brought my Bible. Would you like me to read scripture with you? And she paused and she said, you know, I always turn to Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. From where is my help to come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And in that moment, I realized Lila was ministering to me. I said, Lord, help me. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say in there. I don't know what I'm doing. And she took this psalm and it, from the depths of her heart, went through the rest of the entire psalm verbatim. I lift up my eyes to the mountains, it says. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. 
And in case you're wondering who we're talking about here, the psalmist tags on the maker of heaven and earth, the creator of the universe, the God who set the planets in their places and spun them and got them going around in orbit, the God of creation who spoke things into being. That's the God who's my help. That's the God I need. That's the God when I am in a dark place. That's the God who I need to save me. I look to God for my help. This scripture does not say my help comes from the Lord if I first help myself. My help comes from the Lord. Go down to verse 8. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and what does it say if you got your Bible open? Forevermore. There's this wiring in us that there is something else. There's something beyond the grave. There's this forevermore. This isn't a God who just watches you in life. This isn't a God who just helps you now. This is a God who will help you forevermore. Forever. Forever. And my help comes from the Lord. Bible stories tell this Story after story after story. Daniel in the lion's den, God did not say to him, hey, uh, you know, help yourself first. You know, take care of these lions, and if you do that, then I'll deliver you from, from this den. When Jesus was sleeping on the boat in the middle of a storm with his closest followers, they woke him up and they said, Jesus, wake up. They said, don't you care that we're going to die? And Jesus didn't say, hey, guys, you know, help yourselves. Take care of the storm yourself. I'm sleeping. Do you mind? No. When we look to the mountains, when we turn to the creator of the universe for help, God says, yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Story after story. Where do you look for help? Where do you look for help? When it comes to the brokenness of sin, Where do you look for help when you're in the place of despair? Where do you look for help when a loved one dies? Or you're pondering your own mortal death? Help yourself. God's help is available. Jump with me to the next book of your Bible called Proverbs. Proverbs 28, verse 26. Those who trust in themselves are fools. Pause. That's a, that's a little rough. Some, but sometimes the Bible is black and white. It just puts it in our face. It just says, here you go. So we have to wrestle with it. Those who trust in themselves are fools. A good translation of the Hebrew, those who trust in their own mind are fools. But those who walk in wisdom are kept safe or will be delivered by God. And you can tell, those who walk in God's wisdom will be delivered. If you trust in your own mind apart from God and you're going to figure everything out and you're going to have your own salvation figured out and you're going to just, you know, good luck. 
But those who walk in God's wisdom, God's promises, will be delivered. You might have heard the story about Annie at the airport. None of you have ever had this happen, but her connecting flight was delayed about three hours. Anyone? No one? So she's like, well, what would you do? That's what I do. What she did, she goes into the gift shop. She buys a, a bottle of pop. She gets a book that she thinks is interesting, and she grabs a small bag of little cookies. She goes to the gate, and she sits here, and she has her book in her hand. She puts her cookies here, and she gets into her book, and she opens up her cookies a little bit later, and she takes out a cookie, and she starts eating it. Little does she realize there's a hand going into her cookie bag. It's the guy who sat down here. He takes one of her cookies, and he just eats it. Like, it's, you know, nothing's... He starts eating the cookie. And she looks at him like, really? And then she thinks, well, it's kind of a noble thing I'm sharing. I was taught to share, so whatever. So she keeps going. She takes another cookie. He reaches in and grabs another one, eats it. She's like, you, really? Another cookie. He grabs two, eats them both. She gets to the last cookie. He reaches in and takes it first, breaks it in half, and offers her half with a nervous little laugh. And she's like, you've got some nerve. That's what she's thinking, but she doesn't say it, right? You've got some nerve. Finally, pre-boarding's called. Lucky for her, that's her. She gets on the plane. She gets settled in. She sits down. She's like, ah, oh, I've got to get back. Where was I in my book? She's, she goes to reach into her bag on the chair, empty chair still next to her. She reaches in for her book, and she sees the bag of cookies she bought. Those were his cookies. Oops. Sometimes when we're certain of something, sometimes when we think we've got to figure it out, sometimes when we know that we know, and when we think, wait a minute, my world's just been rocked because those weren't my cookies. We were in uh, Huntington Beach. Our family was vacationing, seeing my brother, uh, and we were walking on Main Street from their house to the pier. And if, if you know that area, there's this great uh, shop and restaurant place on Main Street in Huntington Beach. So we're walking there, and on this corner, as we cross the street, I see up on the storefront, it says IHOP. And then we keep walking, and on this side of the corner, it says International House of Pancakes. And I, we walk further down the street, and I said to Kathy, I said, Kath, I said, isn't that interesting that IHOP is sharing restaurant space with International House of Pancakes? And then you get the, you, the look that your spouse gives you. She gave me the look like, you're kidding, right? And I'm like, it became clear to her I wasn't kidding. And then she moved to the next spouse look, which is, you're an idiot. That's what... <laughs> and I literally thought for three plus decades of my life that they were two different places. Those who trust in their own mind are fools. But those who walk in wisdom 
the wisdom of the Lord will be delivered, will be helped, will be helped when we can't forgive our own sins, when we can't solve the answer to the last heartbeat. We will be delivered. Let's wrap up with today's scripture from Romans 5, 5, 6. Romans 5, 6. So after the four Gospels, the book of Acts, you'll find St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the Christian believers in the first century. And St. Paul writes in verse 6 and following, you see, at just the right time when we were still, what? Powerless. Powerless. Oh, you might be strong. You might be the fitness guru. You, uh, you might be mentally strong. You're smarter than most people. You might be strong financially. Your portfolio is better than most. You might be strong professionally. You've excelled your expectations. And you wake up every day and realize that. But when Paul writes powerless here, he's talking about our sinful nature. Things we do and say and think that aren't God's will for our lives. And earlier in Romans, it says we've all sinned, so it's not a matter of who sins more or who sins less. Everyone's in the same boat. We're powerless. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Paul continues, though, for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God, verse 8, now lean in, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were still powerless in sin, Christ died for us. Let me paraphrase this verse for you. God says to you today, I loved you at your darkest. The cross is messy. But in that moment, God says, I loved you enough in your darkest place to help you. He says to me, Tim, in your darkest sin, I love you. He says, Tim, when you're mourning the loss of a loved one in your life, I love you. Tim, in your darkest place, I love you. No matter what. Even, Tim, when you don't feel it, even, Tim, when you don't believe it, I loved you through and in your darkest, darkest moment. And he says the same to every one of you if you'll listen. The author of Romans sums this up really well in his letter to the believers in Ephesus when he writes, for it's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's the what of God? It's the gift. Not by works, so that no one can boast. So the Bible doesn't say God helps those who help themselves, because if you could help yourself in matters of faith, your works would be enough, and you could brag to everyone how great you are. 
but it's by grace you've been saved. Through faith. This is not from yourselves. It's God's gift to you. So what does the Bible say when you sum it all up? It says this. God helps those who can't help themselves when it comes to matters of faith. God helps those who can't help themselves. I want to come full circle to a song lyric I know I got right as a kid. I learned a Bible song called Jesus Loves Me. Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I got that lyric right. And that summarizes biblical truth. God helps those who can't help themselves. When we're weak, he is strong. The Bible tells me so. Let's pray. God, thank you for grace. Thank you for grace. When we are in that place where we have nowhere else to turn and we lift our eyes to you. Thank you for grace. When we, eh, we think a little too much of ourselves, our mind, our own thoughts, the things we think we've got figured out. Thank you for your grace, most of all, through the cross, where your son died for us in our darkest, in our darkest place. Thank you for loving us, no matter what. Your Bible tells us that. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said together, Amen.